to another Godcast from Whosoever Magazine. I'm Candace Shalou Hodge, founder of Whosoever and the new Whosoever community, which I'll be telling you about more later in this podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't dropped by Whosoever Magazine in a while, we've given our site a bit of a facelift and we're posting new articles every month now instead of bi-monthly as before. So go to whosoever.org slash blog to read all the latest articles from our writers and be sure to share them on Facebook or other social media for your friends and family to enjoy. Artist and author David Haywood has been writing and drawing cartoons at his Naked Pastor blog since 2005. When he began, Haywood was the minister of a church, but was asking some hard, unorthodox questions on his blog. This mainly went unnoticed by his congregation and church leaders until he gained some popularity outside of his regular spiritual circle. When it came to the attention of church members and leaders that his drawings and commentary centered around questioning the exclusive nature of Christianity and sought to include lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people, as well as bringing up tough questions about the issues of misogyny and spiritual abuse in the church, Haywood was called out by church leaders. He decided to leave the ministry in 2010 and dedicate himself full-time to his art, writing, and creating a community for others who have felt abused and abandoned by the traditional church. He started an online community for spiritual refugees a few years ago called The Lasting Supper, and he has just released a new book called The Art of Coming Out, Cartoons for the LGBTQ Community, that feature more than 100 of his sketches about the LGBTQ community and religion. I spoke with Haywood recently about his new book and asked him to start by talking a bit about his background and his journey out of the church. I've been blogging Naked Pastor since 2005 or 2006. I started cartooning. And that's when I was I was in the ministry at the time, uh, pastoring local churches. Now I, I call myself my own ecumenical movement because I've been I was baptized Anglican, and then we went every denomination you could possibly think of, and then um, ended up Baptist and then Pentecostal. Went to a Pentecostal Bible College. That's where I met my wife Lisa. Then I went to Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, and then I got ordained. Presbyterian, and then switched to Vineyard. That's where I finished out my days, was in the Vineyard Church. And uh, I left the I left the ministry there in um, 2010. Part of, part of the reason leaving the church was because of my blog, I guess. When I first started my blog, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't popular, and my people didn't care to read it, <laughs> because... They already had to listen to me every week. Why would they want to listen to me every yeah. <laughs> day? So they didn't bother. But then when um, the words started getting out, some of the things I was saying or questioning or whatever, then I started hearing about it. And and not only from my own people, but from other churches and then from uh, my leaders and so on. You know, So that's when it started to get complicated. It just got to the point where we, my church and I concluded that we were really no longer compatible. And it was an amicable divorce at the time. Um, since then, things have gotten had gotten messy, although it's pretty much history now. That was over four years ago. You know, after I left the church, uh, it was quite an ordeal for me because when your whole life and identity is wrapped up in, you know, something like that and you leave it, cold turkey. It was a really tough mm-hmm. go. And I I nearly self-destructed. Mm. Uh, I nearly lost my wife and family and myself. And you lose friendships, networks, income, career, 
religion. We had to file for personal bankruptcy. Mm. It was just it was just the perfect storm. About two years ago, I figured, you know what? I'm not the only one going through this. There's a lot of people going through this kind of stuff. And uh, I started The Lasting Supper. And it's a place for people who not only are looking for a tribe, uh, uh, you know, some kind of fellowship, but people who are kind of on the same page and looking for support, encouragement, resources to help them deconstruct without the self-destruct. When you're talking about deconstructing, when you're talking about things that got you in trouble with the church, um, what was happening? What were you, what beliefs were you questioning? What What was your catalyst for starting this process? Ever since I can remember, I've always struggled with the exclusivity of religion, mm-hmm. uh, in particular religion. So Christianity, you know, the only way to God the Father is through Jesus Christ the Son by the whole power of the Holy Spirit. You know, all this stuff, although it's wonderful, sounds wonderful, it is exclusive. What? And so I, I kept, and also I'm the most loyal person. <laughs> I know. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm loyal to that. But what does it mean? It must mean something other than what we're saying it means. So this is the kind of mental gymnastics I was going through for years and years and years and years. And, you know, meeting nice Jewish people and meeting nice Buddhist people and Roman Catholic people, (laughs) you know, and atheist people and who are better people than I am and wondering, okay, how would they deserve eternal punishment? And I wouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. these kind of thoughts. And so. Seriously, it was a mental anguish of the kind that was unbearable. I would just swallow books alive <laughs> and um, just trying to understand. And one night I, I had a dream <laughs> and I woke up and I had immediate what I call theological wow. peace. It was just I was at peace. And the dream is very simple. In the dream, all I saw is this huge waterfall. And uh, I tell people this story and they're like, you know, um, no big deal. But to me, it, it was a mystical experience mm-hmm. that gave me peace. And uh, it was a key that unlocked, you know, my, my prison and set me free, really. In the dream, I'm, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the waterfall. I'm looking up and I realize I'm looking at reality or how things are. And so I, I know above the rim is that which we call God or the infinite source or the mysterious unending supply Mm -hmm. or the mystery or whatever you want to call it. Um, the infinite, the unknowable. And, and I know above that we, we call it God, but we don't, we can't see it. So we can only Mm -hmm. guess what's up there. And then the water coming down, I knew was the manifestation of that or the clue to what is up, up there. Uh, what Christians would call the incarnation. And then when the water hits the ground and spreads out across the plain, that's the Holy Spirit applying and engulfing and integrating and covering everything. And so I knew it was kind of Trinitarian structure to it. uh, But I knew I, I, I was totally at peace. I knew we were all experiencing the same thing. Everybody in the world is experiencing the same thing. But we are all understanding it through our own paradigms and articulating it through our own language. That's the only difference. Beliefs are just thoughts that seem to separate us, but it's only seeming. It's only an illusion. And I, I knew this immediately. It was just I, I knew we're, there's nothing to worry about. Everything is okay. 
the atheist, the Buddhist, the Hindu, the Jew, the Muslim, we're all experiencing the same thing, but we have our particular paradigm and our particular language that seems to separate what we are experiencing into exclusive ideologies or religions or whatever, but it's only an illusion because it's all the right. same thing. So It reminds me of um, Matthew Fox. He calls it um, one river, many wells. I don't like the expression, all, all paths lead to heaven, because in my mind, it's, we're not, there aren't even paths. Right. <laughs> paths gives the impression that it's all separate and it doesn't matter what you do or what you believe. It doesn't matter. To me, that's not a helpful analogy. Mm. Or metaphor. For me, water wells, river wells, for me, uh, the, the waterfall, we're all experiencing the same thing is better because it, it doesn't presume separation right. or division. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. When did you start um, doodling? When did you start uh, your art projects? I remember drawing when I was just a little kid at the table, doodling all the time. And then I, I was, uh, I started Naked Pastor blog and Naked Pastor essentially means I'm going to bear my soul, nothing else. And I was, obviously I was a, a pastor of local churches when I was blogging, right? So as Naked Pastor, I wanted to reveal what pastors really do think about and go through, or some of us, and to be honest about it. So I was writing and then I uh, once in a while I put up one of my pretty watercolor paintings and so on to illustrate what I was doing. But then it was uh, actually, I mention his name every once in a while because he was my inspiration, but um, Gaping Void, Hugh McLeod, um, he's a cartoonist. He's in the business world, uh, startup world, entrepreneur world. And uh, he has inspirational business type posters and cartoons that he does. And I just thought, man, this guy's pumping out cartoons every day. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm an artist. I'm going to try something. And I said, I'm going to put, I'm going to challenge myself to do a cartoon every day. I'm going to see if I can make it for one month. And here it is. Eight wow. Years later, <laughs> and I'm still going. Now, I admit, not all of them are good. I admit <laughs> they're not. A lot of them aren't good at all. Uh, but uh, there are a few good ones. And uh, I've discovered that what really engages people are when I sort of like a political cartoonist where I address current events in religion and challenge or critique. Uh, my, my tagline is um, graffiti artists on the walls of religion. So I try to address <laughs> what's going on in religion and challenge the abusive, erroneous, silly, uh, you know, toxic aspects of religion and damaging. And, uh, you know, write on its walls with graffiti at my cartoons and then to challenge it. Not because I hate it, but because I love it. I think, you know, I think People have the right to be spiritual, religious, and to gather together. But for God's sake, let's do it in healthy ways. <laughs> well, now you've taken some of those art pieces, especially the ones that are themed around LGBT rights within the church, and you have created a new book about it. So tell us about that. I love this book uh, because oh, I'm passionate about advocacy and passionate about, you know, affirming people and validating people and inclusivity and and so on so i i collected over 100 of my cartoons that um are for the lgbtq community and and put them together in this book called the art of coming out 
And it's divided into three chapters. The first chapter is the discrimination. The second chapter is the struggle, the struggle against the discrimination. And then the third chapter is the affirmation where um, uh, we are affirmed, you know. So it's a great little book. I love it. It's encouraging. It should anger people, too. <laughs> But uh, it's it's just awesome. It's available on Amazon along with my other books. But um, I'm also very proud of my Sophia book, though. Sophia, um, I, like I said before, I was an artist and I painted really pretty watercolor landscapes and stuff like that. But then one day after I left the church, in fact, I think it was the Sunday after I left the ministry, I was drawing with a pencil and a pen and I drew this picture of a girl standing in front of a huge grizzly bear on its haunches and she's holding up a little teddy bear to it, sort of as an offering. And I thought, I showed it to Lisa, my wife, and she's like, what, what is that about? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> just came out. It just came out. It's like, you know, a stream of consciousness kind of thing. And then, uh, lo and behold, four years later, I had 59 drawings of this girl or woman. And I knew, I knew I was drawing, chronicling through these images, my own spiritual mm -hmm. journey. Um, away from toxic spirituality or religion, whatever you want to call it, and the ministry and how difficult it was. It's a, it's a it's journaling of my deconstruction and reconstruction as a spiritually independent person. So there's 59 drawings of Sophia and uh, 59 meditations to go along with them. And I'm really proud of that book because it, it was forged in the fire, you know, of my experience. And and I, I just I just know there's people out there, a lot of people out there who take the risk of walking away from something they're expected to do and mm -hmm. believe. Man, that just takes so much yes, courage. And because they know not not just because it's scary at that moment, but they know it's going to take a long time to readapt yeah. to whatever. Yeah. And so I want to encourage people. The, the, the liberation of Sophia is about that, um, how difficult it is to uh, become a pioneer where you're forging and blazing your own trail to find your own home and stake your claim. Uh, it's, it's often lonely, dangerous, uh, deprivation is involved, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know. Uh, wild animals and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, but I want to, I want to uh, insist that there's really is joy on the other side if you keep going. And, so. and that's been the experience for many in the LGBTQ community who, um, who break out exactly. of this idea that God hates us or we're abominations or um, all the things that the, the toxic religious people um, teach to us. Can you, can you mm -hmm. say a bit about, because many books, lots of ink has been spilled, um, you know, written in words about how to break free from that sort of toxic theology. Can you say a little bit about how you believe art can contribute to that? I mean, it's not just little cartoons. I mean, you're writing, you're writing a powerful commentary about liberation for LGBTQ people. Well, one of my most popular LGBTQ cartoons is where Jesus and a man are walking together and they have their arms around each other. And the guy says, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus, but I think I'm gay. <laughs> and Jesus says, dude, relax. I knew that long before you did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like, 
you know, there is something magical about an mm-hmm. image. Like I, you can say to somebody, Jesus loves you as, as you are, and he, and he embraced you even before you realized fully yeah. who you are, you know. You can say that, but when you show them a picture yeah. of it, for some people, it's like, oh, my God, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, I don't know, even though it's a silly cartoon, you know, and it's done in pencil crayon, it's very rough. My cartoons are very simple, but, you know, is there something about the power of an image, you know, to convince people? Uh, it's a, another way of truth telling. Absolutely. Yeah. And and your um, your membership site, your online site, The Lasting Supper, um, I, I, I'm – Guessing that's welcoming for LGBTQ people who uh, are are going through their own deconstruction and trying to uh, come away from toxic religion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There, um, there's a good representation of uh, LGBTQ people in the Lasting Supper, and it's cool because the Lasting Supper is very diverse. All kinds of people are there. It's, it's kind of amazing to me. There's atheists, agnostics, agnostic atheists, agnostic believers, believers, people who go to church, people who've never been to church, people who will never go to church, people who've left and will never go back, people who are in the ministry, people who are trying to leave the ministry. You know, it's just, but then on top of that, you've got married, divorced, polyamorous people, gay people. Uh, transgender people, like all right across the board. It's amazing. And what's so amazing about it is that we share a common value of we respect the other person wherever they are. And uh, we listen before we speak. And, you know, we we do not look down on the path of another person and and so on. So it is it is pretty remarkable. Do you sense a trend? I mean, sometimes when you when you pay attention to the larger media, um, you would think that mega churches and exclusive religion is like, you know, still rules the world. But do you think that there's a movement of, of people are, are looking for to, to escape that, that toxic religion to, to, to try to come to a place where they're, I don't know, where, where they, where they feel more comfortable, where they feel God loves them um, and they don't have to hide. When people leave something that the majority is a part of where do they they're no longer a member of yeah. something like they they're suddenly they're like gypsies <laughs> or uh they're like refugees you know that they don't have a homeland anymore it's like they are wandering without citizenship right. anywhere and they're like stra- strangers and aliens among us and uh some people are calling them nuns or <laughs> yes. you know um uh, spiritual but not religious yeah. And, and, and everything, but like, where do these people gather? Yeah. <laughs> where do you find one? Yeah. Or where do you, where do you find a half a dozen of them? You know what I'm saying? Like the, my, my observations are that uh, a lot of people who leave uh, realize the risks and everything. And they're, they, they quickly jump into something else that provides community, like maybe Buddhism or yoga mm-hmm. or uh, you know, wellness or none of those things are bad. I'm not criticizing that. It's just that sometimes I wonder if people kept pressing to find their own spiritual identity. So that's what I'm trying to do with the Last Thing Supper is help people, you know, 
And I know you are too in mm-hmm. many ways, just trying to provide a place, a safe place for people to process so that they can uh, do this in a healthy way, come out the other side in a healthy manner. You can visit David's Naked Pastor site at nakedpastor.com and find out more about The Lasting Supper at thelastingsupper.com. You can also find his new book, The Art of Coming Out, and his other books on amazon.com. If you yearn for a community where you can be yourself, be loved, and grow in the Spirit, The Whosoever Community is for you. This new Whosoever Community is a safe and sacred place where LGBT Christians and their allies can come together and talk, pray, laugh, learn, and support one another. When you sign up, you'll be able to listen to an exclusive podcast interview with Matthew Vines, author of the new book, God and the Gay Christian. This is just one of the many exclusive podcasts with leading LGBT Christian thinkers and our allies that community members will be able to access. We're also posting daily meditations, and we'll be hosting live events such as book clubs, webinars, and e-courses. If you want to meet fellow LGBT Christians, the community has message boards where you can talk with those in our community from around the world, as well as right in your own neighborhood. If you're ready to be part of this new Whosoever community, go to whosoever.org slash community and sign up. Right now, it's just five bucks a month to join. That's less than a coffee at Starbucks or a fast food meal. Or if you'd like, you can pay $50 a year, which includes two free months. I hope you'll value this new community a month to support our spiritual gifts with your monetary gifts as we seek to grow and strengthen our faith together. Join us at the Whosoever community. Thanks so much for joining us for another Godcast from Whosoever magazine. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can tell us your thoughts, comments, or suggestions by writing to us at editor at whosoever.org. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again.